The Gulf state of Qatar, currently hosting the FIFA World Cup finals, is a nation built on migrant labour in almost every sense. Qatar has about 3 million residents, made up of 300,000 local Qataris, with the remainder 90% being migrants. And there's been a particular focus, of course, on the gruelling conditions faced by labourers in the construction industry. So what improvements have been made to the rights of workers in Qatar in the period leading to the World Cup? The ILO is the United Nations Labor Rights Agency and it's worked closely to improve conditions for workers in Qatar over recent years, including by changing the kafala system, which gives employers strict control over migrant labourers. Dr Ruba Jaradat is the International Labor Organization's Regional Director for Arab States and I spoke with Dr Jaradat in Beirut earlier. Thank you, Julian. I'm happy to be with you. Given the huge coverage about bad labour conditions in Qatar that's accompanied the World Cup, the ILO's reports are perhaps surprisingly positive, saying that Qatar has made significant progress in reforming its labour market in recent years, though acknowledging that there is universal recognition that the work is not complete. Could you give us your overview of what it's like for workers in Qatar today? Well, I would say that there has been improvements, good improvements in labor rights and uh, working conditions for workers in Qatar, but uh, definitely there remains to be gaps and un unfinished business, particularly in the implementation of these reforms. We've worked with the Qatari government on several areas, on labor legislation, wage protection, occupational safety and health, and on improving workers' access to justice. So the situation has improved from when we started in 2018. At the heart of the labor reform agenda is the dismantling of the most problematic elements of the kafala system, which is a sponsorship system. Now the workers have the ability to exit the country and to change jobs without permission from their employers. This is a very important reform that helped correcting the excessive power imbalance that existed between the, the workers and their employers. And based on these changes, there has been around 350,000 applications for changing jobs approved for migrant workers. That is a massive increase from back in 2018 and 2019 when it was, I think, less than 20,000 people who changed mm -hmm. jobs. But there's still 200,000 or so applications which appear to have been rejected. You know, on, on that particular issue, although I said that this is a very good improvement, the kafala system is still there. I'm not saying that it's been completely abolished. But the most problematic elements of the system has been dismantled. But still, there is a, a problem and there is a need to address retaliation by some employers against workers who wish to change their jobs. And I think the government there could provide more clarity and consistency on the process for changing jobs. Do you feel that workers in Qatar are more aware of the fact that these changes have been introduced and are actually able to access them in practice? There needs to be a better outreach, yes, and better dissemination of information and more clarity on the process. What other areas have been the main focus of the ILO's engagement with Qatar? One important issue is addressing occupational safety and health, particularly 
related to heat stress. There has been a new legislation that extended the window in which outdoor work is prohibited during the summer months. And the time has been identified between 10 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. from 1st of June until the 15th of September. And I think this has reduced the number of patients admitted to clinics with heat-related disorders uh, by 77%, which shows that these legislations did contribute to improving the working conditions. Another area is wage protection. And, you know, we worked with the, with the authorities there to introduce non-discriminatory minimum wage that applies to all workers across all sectors, including domestic workers. But uh, unfortunately, there, you know, we need to do more to make sure that domestic workers benefit from all the, um, all the improvements. But also for this wage protection legislation, there has been 13% of the workforce have seen their wages increase. That's around 280,000 workers. And one important issue that is uh, related to workers' access to justice, there has been an online complaints mechanism introduced and a worker support and insurance fund also has been established that compensates workers for their due wages. And we uh, also understand that this fund has distributed so far 350 million in compensation to workers, but also this demonstrates the scale of wage uh, abuses at the same time. Yeah, so there are definitely significant improvements and Qatar is the first country in the region to adopt that non-discriminatory minimum wage. I know, Dr. Jaradat, that the ILO has done research into what low wage workers in Qatar feel about their work in that country. Could you give us an insight into what that research revealed to you? The minimum wage that has been set is equivalent to 280 US dollars. As I said, you know, 13% of the workforce saw their wages increase as a result of this uh, legislation. But I'd like to add here that the minimum wage uh, law not only establishes a minimum basic wage, but also a minimum food and accommodation allowance on top of that. So this also allows workers to send a big chunk of their uh, wages uh, back home. We're speaking with Dr. Ruba Jaradat, the ILO Assistant Director General and Regional Director for the Arab States, about the situation that workers face in Qatar. Dr. Jaradat, I wonder, given your remit to look at the Arab States generally, I wonder if you could put the progress that you've seen in Qatar in the context of the region. How does Qatar fare now compared to its its neighbours and the working conditions that other uh, labourers face in that area? Well, I don't like to compare as such, but we have seen recently very good labour reforms elsewhere. In the GCC, uh, which is the Gulf Cooperation Council, in, in the different countries in the GCC region, to improve working uh, conditions and labour rights for migrant workers. But Qatar... The, the reforms that have been introduced were introduced in a, in a short time and we've seen improvement in a short time. But again, you know, we need to continue working on improving uh, the, the implementation of these uh, reforms. Yes, much of the formal progress in Qatar seems to be very recent. Is it the case that 
Qatar has essentially taken advantage of some very exploitative working conditions to do much of the preparations for hosting the World Cup and then passed more progressive laws almost as window dressing as the big event got much closer. You know, I, I would say that there is, we have seen commitment from the government and we have seen changes in the, the, the legislation in a short time. You know, these changes take time for implementation. So this is not finished business and there is commitment. Uh, what ILO is doing in Qatar is based on request by the Qatari authorities to help them in introducing and implementing this legislation. And also this is part of Qatar's national vision 2030. And we are helping them to achieve the, the goals that they have set in that vision as well. But I would say that, yes, I mean, World Cup did expedite the reforms. And just picking up something that you said earlier, Dr. Jaradat, the situation of domestic workers is always particularly challenging. How much progress do you feel has been made in Qatar in terms of flowing through these reforms to those who work in the domestic sector? And what are the key things that need to be done to try and achieve that change? Well, I mean, the issue of domestic workers and the rights of domestic workers is a big challenge across the Arab region. It's not only Qatar, not only mm. GCC, but also in, in other Arab countries. But the good thing that the reforms that were introduced in Qatar, the labor reforms, did include domestic workers, where in, in other countries, domestic workers are not covered by the labor law, which is unfortunate. But for Qatar, a large number of domestic workers are not yet fully benefiting from the labor reforms, particularly when it comes to their rights on uh, the working time and a day off per week. As the regional director for the Arab states, what lessons or best practices might be taken from Qatar and implemented elsewhere in the region? There are a lot of good lessons that could be implemented elsewhere. I would cite uh, the, the heat stress. Uh, because this applies across the board in GCC. And also given now the, the climate change, uh, we expect the, the temperatures to be um, higher in these uh, countries. So the study that the ILO did uh, assessing the heat stress resulted in expanding the, you know, the prohibited time for outdoor work for Qatar. And I think other countries might want to look into that and consider that as well. Uh, and also, you know, there are lessons learned also from the protection of the, the minimum wage, access to justice, and also on the representation of the migrant workers on workers' committees also. So giving voice to migrant workers. Dr. Ruba Jaradad, thank you so much for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Julian. It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations, live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.